It's a brand new day, and we're putting the AM in American politics. We've seen the darkness of division and despair and are now jumping into the light of a bright path forward. Progress is here, and we're sharing its story with you, for you, all with the help of Signal Boost. Now, here are your hosts, Zerlina Maxwell and Jess McIntosh. Welcome to Signal Boost. This is Jess McIntosh. I am here with Zerlina Maxwell. And we are joined by one of our very favorite activists. Shannon Watts founded Moms Demand Action when she realized there was no group for gun reform activists. She started it herself. Uh, We get to talk to her whenever we need to talk about guns, and today is one of those days. So, Shannon Watts, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning. That every like it's so lovely to talk to you, but every time we talk to you, it's because something absolutely horrific has happened. Yeah, it's true. I it's I I feel like, I mean, if if we feel like a broken record, I can't even imagine what you must feel like. You have been fighting for the same damn things Hmm. for years, and you just keep seeing evidence that the things you're fighting for are necessary in order to save lives. can I start with like a bit of an existential question uh, bef- before <laughs> sure. before we get into the, the the details of this particular story? How do you not get demoralized when doing the work that you're doing? Yeah, like, how I do you how do you keep going? A lot. Yeah, really? you know, it, it, we we actually did polling of our volunteers. I'm a full time volunteer, and and I think I feel the same way. And and the question was, you know, what keeps you going? What keeps you motivated? And the answer was the fact that we're winning. And, and I think hmm. if you're only judging whether we're winning by this cathartic moment we're waiting for in Congress, then, then I get that you might feel hopeless right now or, or in the past. But if you look cumulatively at all the success we've had, right, the fact that we've passed background checks in 22 states, red flag laws in 19 states, closed the Charleston loophole in 19 states, disarmed domestic abusers in 29 states, Hundreds of companies have changed their policies. Um, It's a sea change when you look at it on the ground, which is where most activism actually happens. And and I do think we are on the precipice of major federal change. We we have a gun sense president and a gun sense Congress, and and we're, we're passing this legislation through the House. So I'm motivated because I do think we're winning. And, and look, a hundred Americans are shot and killed every day. Giving up is not an option. Yeah. 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 I guess when the stakes are this high, that's, 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 but we, we don't talk about the wins. Like no. I feel like, and <laughs> I think, I think, I think most Americans feel like, like the gun problem is intractable. Like we all agree. We all agree on background checks. We all agree on limiting, you know, high capacity magazines. Like there's there's lots of lots of reform that can be done that Americans literally almost all agree on. And yet it doesn't seem to happen. So it's it's hard to think of this as a as a winning issue. But I'm I'm going to I'm going to try to reframe my brain because you're right. All of those things are very, very good. And they and it does happen at the state level. Look, the. the the NRA is weaker than it's ever been. You know, it's right. bankrupt, not yeah. just morally, but, but financially now. If you look at 2008, when President Obama was elected, about 25% of all Democrats in Congress had an A rating from the NRA. Today, right. none do. And, and 
that is changed forced by activists who said to Democrats, look, if you do the right thing, we'll have your back. But if you do the wrong thing, we'll have your job. And and that's how activism works. You have to show it over and over again. And look, most most movements for, for justice and accountability take years and years. And it's only been eight years, you know, that, that really we've been working on this at a national level. In terms of, you know, the the fact that we we usually um, come back around to this conversation because there's been a mass shooting event. Um, and, you know, the whole nation is once again in mourning. And, you know, most importantly, the family members of, of those people who have been lost are in deep mourning. And we have the conversation for like five seconds and then we pivot off of it. But that was also not with Joe Biden as the president, right? So this mm-hmm. is... Uh, a, a a mass shooting in which Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are in the White House. Um, and that feels yep. different for me because, I mean, not only are they in Atlanta today, canceled their original plans because um, they were they're on their their hopes on the way tour, I think it's called. <laughs> I'm not sure what the tour is called, but yes. uh, to, you know, sell the covid relief, the, the relief package uh, and tell par- uh, Americans what's in it. Um, but instead, today, they're meeting with uh, Asian um, American stakeholders in Atlanta um, because of what happened. And I feel like with that type of leadership at the top, the conversation can become different. What do you what do you hope uh, in terms of the leadership of the president and vice president? Um, the conversation becomes after this mass shooting, because this is the first one with a president Biden. Yeah, look, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris made gun violence prevention a priority in their campaign policy platform. And we have seen their commitment to this issue play out. I mean, the fact that that background checks legislation, legislation to close the Charleston loophole, those have already passed the House and they're going to the Senate. Uh, And and there are other things that that can be done, right? There's not a corner of this administration or the Justice Department that can't be doing something to change our gun laws and gun policies. And we're confident based on conversations we're having uh, with the administration, with members of Congress, that that is happening. And, And look, what happened in Georgia just adds urgency to that. You know, it, it is an important but, but also painful reminder that hateful ideologies, and, and that includes misogyny and racism, are made deadly in America due to easy access to guns, right? Every nation, every high-income country is home to misogynists and, and racists and bigots. Only America gives those people easy access to arsenals and ammunition. And, and so uh, I am hopeful that, that something more will come from this moment, and that is real action on this issue. I want to ask about, um, uh, uh, you, you were quoted um, discussing the shootings in Atlanta, and you put the blame on something that we, we talk about on the show a lot that really never enters the gun reform uh, conversation, which was toxic masculinity. So can mm-hmm. you talk a little bit about the through line between all of these shootings and, and if we recognize that toxic masculinity is the problem, since toxic masculinity is sort of the air we breathe, what do we do about it? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's so incredibly complicated. In fact, you know, 
the research that examines the connections between intimate partner violence, misogyny, and mass shootings is really limited. <laughs> and that's, that's probably because most research is, is done either by or for men. Um, but, but when we look at an analysis of recent mass shootings, it really does show that shooters often had histories of intimate partner violence, stalking, harassment. Um, and, and so even, you know, if you go back to 2008 before the term incel even caught on, uh, a man who was called a lonely man in Pittsburgh shot and killed women at his gym. 2014, right. the, the, the Isla Vista shooter targeted women in sororities. He left behind a manifesto that, that sort of detailed his sexual frustration. And then 2018, if you remember the horrific shooting in a yoga studio in Tallahassee of six women, just because they were women. Uh, and, and also left behind YouTube videos documenting his, his views of, of racism and misogyny. And then, you know, the shooter in Dayton, Ohio in 2019 who killed nine people uh, was known to have violent fantasies of, of raping and murdering his classmates who were women. And, and you just have to go back to the, the attempted coup on the Capitol in, yeah. in January. We know nine of those far-right insurre- insurrectionists had histories of violence against women. So, you know, one thing that, that we should all be, be looking at, hopefully, but also working on as activists is getting the Violence Against Women Act passed. Um, the reason that it hasn't been reauthorized is because it includes what the NRA considers a poison pill. And that is uh, something that would remove guns from domestic abusers who are stalkers or dating partners. Right now, federal law does not define those people as prohibited purchasers. It's mainly just your spouse or someone you cohabitated with or you shared children with. Um, and, and that passed the House with, with, with more Republican support than usual. Um, and, and so we're watching that move through the Senate. But, but look, gun violence and, and, and women in this country is truly a crisis. We are 21 times more likely to be killed with firearm than women in any other high-income country. Jesus. I mean, I knew it was bad, but 21 times. Yep. Wow. I mean, I think when we think about um, the toxic masculinity piece, I just I feel like it's it's quite apt um, to focus on that because it's it's the through line, as just said. Mm -hmm. It's not it's not like the ancillary thing that feminists see that, you know, isn't really relevant to making change on this issue. It is the issue like, um, you know, Policies like background checks and all of those things are good, right? Because this is going to put obstacles and barriers um, for people who are abusive to get guns to, you know, to commit acts of violence on a mass scale. But if we fix the toxic masculinity piece, um, <laughs> you know, uh, maybe then you don't need as many gun gun law. I mean, they it's the point about. Every other country has misogyny. Every other country, patriarchy is a global phenomenon. Every other mm-hmm. country has toxic masculinity. They have video games. They have movies. They have music. They have the same things. Everything's the same. They have, inter- they have the inter- internet. Um, but for some reason, they do not have uh, instances where people go into a place and just kill mass amounts of people. And mm-hmm. a lot of times, I mean, speak to the, the idea that not only are many mass shootings 
um, committed by people who have a history of domestic violence, but many mass shootings begin with an act of domestic violence. Right. And then they go kill a whole bunch of other people. That's exactly right. So we do have more data that, that shows us the correlation between gun violence and, and mass shootings. You know, when, when you talk to people, they often think a mass shooting is where you go into, you know, a restaurant or a mall. And, and in fact, most mass shootings in this country take place in private residences mm-hmm. and begin with an episode of domestic violence. Uh, you know, one million women in this country have been shot at or shot by an intimate partner. 4.5 million American women have been threatened with a gun by an intimate partner. And every single month, an average of 53 women are shot and killed by intimate partners. Um, and, and, you know, I've already seen the, the NRA promoting gun sales to Asian Americans and to women. <laughs> but we know the presence of a gun in a domestic violence situation makes it about five times more likely that a woman will be killed by an abusive partner. And, and so, look, there, there are many reasons for, for misogyny and violence, but weak gun laws are a key factor in all of it, particularly for women of color. Um, and, and this is going to take a long time, as you said, to, to address at its core. But if we strengthen our gun laws at the state and federal level, like passing background checks, like reauthorizing the Violence Against Women Act, it really would go a long way toward protecting women right now. Yeah. I mean, do do you think that uh, so? I mean, obviously, Biden is is certainly the person that we want to be dealing with when we're talking about gun reform. And I think it probably is easier to fix the guns than to fix the toxic masculinity. <laughs> but mm-hmm. do you get the sense that this administration cares about that through line, like understands that that is that is a major part of this issue? And especially I mean, especially as we have to focus on like white nationalist terrorism, Mm-hmm. Like the, the Venn diagram of your white nationalist terrorist and your toxic masculinity is is a complete circle. Do you think the administration is is focused on on that? I do. You know, we've had conversations um, in particular with uh, Susan Rice and uh, her her team, and they feel very strongly about this. And you have to remember that there are members of Congress who are gun violence survivors. Uh, people like Lucy McBath, a former Moms Demand Action volunteer um, who wakes up every day working on this issue. Marie Newman is now a congresswoman, a former Moms Demand Action volunteer. Uh, I know that our uh, allies in Congress are really set on making sure that gun safety legislation is passed. And, and there's another reason, public pressure, right? Recent polling just within the last couple of weeks shows 93% of voters support universal background checks. That includes 89% of Republicans and 87% of gun owners. And Americans are frustrated. I mean, there hasn't been a, a gun safety law, a significant gun safety law passed since 1994. That's 25 years. And, and you know, what's fascinating to me is, is how much America has changed since 1994, right? First of all, there were 50% fewer guns in the hands of civilians. The internet had just started, right? You couldn't buy a gun online. And, and back in 1994, the leading cause of death among American kids and teens was car accidents. Today, it's guns. So wow. that is why we're holding lawmakers accountable. That is why we have to have change. And I do believe the Biden administration is, is committed. 
I mean, I, it, with stats like that, um, I'm I'm certainly grateful that they are. It's 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 a little bit. Oh my God! It's past time that we do something about this, you know. and particularly, I mean, with the law enforcement situation around the Atlanta shooting, it is particularly discouraging. Mm-hmm. Like, I, it, it feels, <laughs> it feels like law enforcement doesn't understand this issue at all. He had a bad uh, day. I was just in, watching that press conference. Um, it was. It was pretty astounding. Like jaw dropped, like my mouth hanging open. And like, I lived mm-hmm. through four years of Trump and you shock me. <laughs> like, I just, I, I think we, you know, it's, it's, it's such a holistic approach needed to this because it's not just the Biden administration. It's not just the, the American people. It's the law enforcement. It's everybody who interacts with this issue top to bottom that has to recognize what's actually going on here. Right. And and to your point, you know, Joe Biden and his administration have said, you know, their priorities so far are public health, racial equity and and unifying the country. And and you would be hard pressed to find Mm -hmm. an issue that that better accomplishes those goals than stopping gun violence. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Shannon, thank you for um, thank you for your optimism. (laughs) Yes, we need it. And thank you for doing all the work. Yeah, no, we, we always we always need it. Um, please come back, uh, especially if you've got good news that you want to share that yes. you think ought to be on yeah. the front lines. Like like let's let's do a better job of, of celebrating our wins on this so it doesn't feel quite so hopeless. I feel uh, that. I I, I promise you it is not hopeless. We are we are making huge headway, and I will come back to celebrate with you all. Thank you. Shannon Watts is the founder of Moms Demand Action. If you want to do something about gun violence, I highly suggest checking them out. They are an incredible organization. Thank you all so much for listening. Please follow us on Twitter at Zerlina Maxwell, at Jess underscore MC, and at Signal Boost Show. 